Hey guys, it's Graham. Unfortunately, we weren't able to schedule a time to record this week, so we're going to listen to one of our lost episodes. This was originally supposed to be episode 13, and it was on the film Firecracker. Sorry, it took me a while to remember that. Anyways, it stars uh, Jillian Kastner, who is one of the stars of Raw Force, which is one of my all-time favorite Filipino films. Um, and she was also in Force 5 and a bunch of other really awesome kung fu films from the late 70s and early 80s. Hope you enjoy it. This is episode 32, Firecracker. It's time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine. But there will be smiles and there will be tears. You won't watch another movie for about 800 years. It's time for death. By video. Time for death. By video. Yeah, yeah, we're rolling right now. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I think it's one of my normal things where we're just kind of talking and then I just say, and welcome to Death by Video. I do enjoy those. I'm Graham. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And back by popular demand again. I'm Lillian. Overwhelming popular demand. Yep. All right, so I'm just going to crack open my drink. So, guys, we are here tonight to watch what... So, I... The, the interesting thing about this episode is none of us have seen this movie. Unless, Lil, have you seen Firecracker? She's waving her finger at me, which says either no or shut up, Graham. No, I haven't. Very cool. Kit, have you seen it? I have not. Phil? I have not either. Mm-hmm. This is amazing because we're all kind of partaking in a refreshment together and none of us have seen this movie and it's just i don't know maybe it's gonna be extra special we'll see we'll see kit you really shouldn't breathe so hard into the microphone i just hear this like (laughs) the closest we came was when we watched tough turf and i was the only person person who had had seen it we haven't but Um, i'd only seen it like maybe like two weeks before yeah, it was such a good movie. So hopefully this movie will be as good. I have seen the movie that this, that this is a loose remake of. Um, so we're watching Firecracker, which, Kit, you did some research on this movie. How did you describe it again? Uh, well, it describes itself as the world's first erotic erotic kung fu classic. Wow. Yeah. So I've classic seen the movie, straight out the gate. I've seen a, a, a movie that it's a remake of, and... It's not that erotic. Um, this film is its called Firecracker. It's also known as The Naked Fist. Take that as you will. So we're dipping back into Kung Fu territory here, which we did in our very first episode, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, and kind of with Best of the Best, too, but not yeah, really. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, has anyone here seen anything interesting in the last week? I watched a really bad horror movie this week. What was it called? The Eyes of My Mother. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It was on Netflix. It's, it's a black and white, uh, done in the art house style. It's basically torture porn, but it's black and white and Portuguese with English subtitles, made by an American guy. He's like a 27 year old dude. Okay. So that's what Phil saw. Um, Kit? I, I started watching the Netflix uh, documentary true crime series, The Keepers. 
Sounds like a fun-filled romp. Oh yeah, I've also started watching that. Yes, I'm I'm on episode two, and and I'm now convinced that the world is a um, evil shithole filled with corruption, cruelty, and cowardice. Mm-hmm. Sorry to break that illusion, kid. <laughs> Okay, so uh, thumbs up all around. Uh, we got to see uh, Kiss Me Deadly at the Royal Cinema here in Toronto this week. Uh, Lillian was there. I'd never seen it before. Lillian, you'd seen it before. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I've seen it before. Just a couple of years ago, maybe three. Uh, it was on TCM. And the introduction was like, this is a classic, like, you know, like they were going on about, you know, why it's a staple. And I think uh, it's been mentioned in a film class, too. But I hadn't seen it at that time. But I was glued. I was, uh, yeah, I remember there being a big explosion and it just ends after this big explosion. And I couldn't remember all the details, but it was all kind of coming back to me as I was watching it. And uh, yeah, it was good. What did you think of it? I loved it. I um, I was hung on every single word, and I also like I'm a big fan of uh, Raymond Chandler and Mickey Spillaney. So like getting to see that version, and I'm only familiar with Mike Hammer from uh, the the uh, TV show, the TV show Mike Hammer, starring Stacy Keach, uh, where he infamously was a man out of time, a guy that like looked, talked, and dressed like a '40s noir detective, but in reality, like just how people perceive them to dress, like with a fedora and a trench coat. Because in this movie, uh, Mike Hammer. Rarely wears a trench coat, doesn't wear a fedora, doesn't have a mustache. He's in a suit, like suit and tie. Yeah, he's a business guy. I miss guy. 90s, 80s so much. I know, yeah, that's where I saw it too. Yeah, yeah all one glorious season of Mike of Mickey Splaney's Mike Hammer starring Stacey Keach. Um, I liked it, but the funny thing is I realized, like, knowing what we know now about nuclear radiation and uranium, mm-hmm. um, all those people would have died of cancer really shortly after the film if they survived. Oh, totally. I'm pretty sure that uh, Mike Hammer and... Uh, and his uh, girl, Lula? No. What was it again? It's been a Velma. While Velma. Velma. Velma is her name. Yeah. Velma. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, even though they might have survived the nuclear explosion at the end, they probably uh, died of cancer not too long thereafter. Yeah. It was literally like, this is the end. Mm-hmm. The boxes. Well, oh. Uh, I should. We can spoil it. It's a 700-year-old movie. <laughs> well, yeah, the box is opened. Big explosion. The end. Credit. You know, the end. The song comes up. That's it. Yeah, I first yeah. saw "Kiss Me Deadly" in my history of film class in high school, taught by Mr. Robert, who once taught Keanu Reeves. Ooh. And here, people will never forget that. <laughs> so you are one step removed from Kevin Bacon, then. Yeah. You've beaten both me and Kit. I'm four steps. I think Kit is five. Yeah. What was Keanu Reeves in with uh, with Kevin Bacon? Did they do a thing? No, no, I don't think. So. I don't know. They probably the kid is like googling furiously on his phone. We'll have to like re-canvas their female co-stars and see if they've been in anything. Oh with yeah. Keanu, or if Keanu's female co-stars have been. Well, with... probably doing like three degrees or less. Yeah, or I think it's one degree. I think like he like it was Keanu to someone. Whatever. Anyways, moving on. Um, we're here to watch uh, Firecracker. Yeah, yeah, well, I think the point I was going to make about mm-hmm. like watching a history of film, like Mr. Robert, he would always ask for our responses after we'd watched the movie, and they were like, you know, like the the suitcase thing reminded me of Pulp Fiction. And that's it where it came from. Still the late nineties. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, Repo Man did it first. Repo Man did it first. Yeah. And Repo Man, I think, did it better. It was much more of an homage oh, totally, to. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they opened the trunk of that car, they'd be vaporized by a green light. Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting because when we saw it, it was introduced by the programmer of the series, uh, Retropath, I forget her name. Um, she mentioned that... I think it's Rochelle Charcot. Possibly. Yeah. Um, she mentioned that, interestingly enough, this could be almost considered the first neo-noir because it was, it was the first atomic age noir um, that really embraced it. Like everything was kind of based on stuff written in the 20s and 30s and produced in the late 30s and uh, early to late 40s. And I think this was like 51 maybe or 52. Yeah, I think it was early 50s, yeah. So it could be considered the first neo-noir, which is fascinating. And I watched a really awesome neo-noir last week that I highly recommend everyone watch called Too Late. It is on Netflix. It is available for rent. It is so good. Have you seen it a little too late? No. Okay. So it stars John Hawks, and um, it's told out of order. And each the cool thing about it is it was, it was shot on film back in 2015, and each um, act of the film, and there's five of them, is one 22-minute reel of film, all shot in one take, no hidden cuts, nothing. It's all one take, everything choreographed. They go inside, they go outside. There's scenes in night and day. It is awesome. And it's just another L.A. set noir that I highly recommend everyone check out. Netflix, it's available for rent. And uh, it still screens theatrically every now and then. It screens in Toronto every once in a while in 35mm. Um, and it is just a dynamite film starring John Hawks and Robert Forster and Jeff Fahey and um, some other people I can't recall the names of right now. Oh, Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World is in it briefly as a drug dealer, which is pretty darn awesome. Kit's reaction is great. Who's Ryder Strong? He's Sean, man. Sean! He's I Corey's never, best friend, Sean. I never watched Boys Meets, Boy Meets World. He was the cool guy, the cool best friend that came from, like, the trailer park. None of this info helps me if I didn't With, watch the like, the, the slick show. hair to the uh, ears. Yeah, but, yeah uh, split down the center. Again, didn't watch the show, so none of this info and an helps. an earring, maybe? Like a silver ring or something? Yeah, yeah. I already know what you're talking about. We're just going to go on talking about Boy Meets World <laughs> yeah. until you have it. So in season Topanga seven... Is the Topanga, only thing yes. I know about. Topanga. That's all I know. Oh, what Topanga. Name, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Ryder Strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, Ryder Strong. That was, uh, that's his actual name. I know. He also starred yeah. in Cabin Fever, uh, which the, the original, not the remake, the one that e- launched Eli Roth's career, which he starred in with James DeBello, a.k.a. Jimmy DeBello from uh, Detroit, Rock, Detroit City. Rock City. And who else is in that uh, film as well? Sorry, uh, this reminds me, because we brought, I brought up Hobo with a Shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, do you guys remember the guy in it? He was um, he was the little kid in Toy Soldiers. And Harriet the Spy. Yes, he was. He was the friend of Harriet. Oh, cool. No, I have it. The one with... Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I have to and Michelle Trachtenberg. I have, to ch- I have to check that out. This is the obscure film trivia portion of Death by yeah, Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I haven't seen Toy Soldiers since I was a kid. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Joe Dante is like 90s output. No, There's a, no that's war, the army movie. What is a good foe? Absolutely nothing's oh, in it. Are you thinking of Small Soldiers? Thinking, yes. Sorry. It's Small Soldiers. Oh, small toy soldiers. soldiers. The one with it's like the older, school. Toy Soldiers. Yeah, an older so- movie. Kids, yeah. Yeah. Uh, small Soldiers? Well, we small Soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Oh, is that really what it's called? <laughs> that's that sounds like, so that's dinky. That's why you see it, right? I, yeah, that's the name of the movie. I didn't see it. I just remember that happened. Yeah. Um, so anyways, and since you mentioned Hobo with a Shotgun, you'll be happy to know that, so the ghosts, um, they, uh, earlier this week I had a dream uh, where the ghosts came to me and- they told you not to watch Phantasm 2? Weirdly enough, th- one of them appeared almost like a 1993 version of me, whatever that means, and 
they all were in this video store and it was open. Oh no! And they said they gave me two things. Um, one is that do not open up the red door in the basement, which we've not gone into yet. I didn't know there was a basement. Yeah, it's boarded up and. Let alone a red door. Yeah. Um, maybe that's maybe that I haven't seen Pamela Voorhees, our our mascot raccoon, this week. Maybe that's where she's at. Yeah, I think that's where she's scratching and pooping. Um, so, <laughs> I like how Kit laughed silently and Lo just did the old thigh slap. It's a knee slapper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm great. Um, so, but so they yeah. So the one thing they said is don't go into that room, and the second thing they said is um, next week is Canada's 150th birthday. So for the entire month of July, we're doing nothing but Canadian films, and one of them is Hobo with a Shotgun. Yay! That's great news. Yep. Starring Rudger Hauer and the kid from Harriet the Spy and Small Soldiers. And it also features the best ending credits song in the history of animated television, Run With Us from the raccoons oh snap you can run with us they always play that video uh during the neon dreams pre-shows i know it's such a good video at the old cumberland cinemas no it's the backstage can we get our hands on some of the cartoons yeah what was that we should watch the the cartoons sometime we can don't worry it was right by the manulife center right the old uptown which um i missed completely because i moved here after it closed in 2004 that was a great theater the backstage was not a great theater i was the one that was right behind the yeah whenever i look at like a list of like forgotten toronto cinemas i always cry a little inside because it's like oh my god look at them all look at the rio look at the uh the coronet the uh the uptown the university the um the the victory on all the Chinatown theaters as well like there was the Dragon Cinemas which were sitting there perfectly preserved for years um, and that are now being turned into a condo the old Toronto Underground which used to be the Golden Classic Cinema is still there you guys look totally riveted you're all just staring off in different directions I was was totally on board with uh, Toronto Underground Uh, yeah I know I I, I didn't get to see too many movies there because like I found like the problem was that like so much of their programming was um, awesome it was awesome, but like some of it, it was, was so yeah. infrequent. That's that's the thing too. It was it was a little, especially got a little spotty because um, they too too many repo genetic opera shadow casts. Oh yeah, well they had to do the stuff that made money. I mean that's oh, the thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was there for their opening night when they showed uh, the movie Clue and Big Trouble in Little China back yeah. to back. And then their Before first the- year anniversary, they showed uh, Clue again, and then yep. they showed Jurassic Park. I missed really that. Scratched up thirty five millimeter. It was really nice seeing yeah. Jurassic Park. That's where I got to see Cannibal Ferox for the first time. That's where I saw Pieces on the big screen, which is so good. I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, yeah, it was their uh, hastily cobbled together Dennis Hopper retrospective. Oh, right, when he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So they showed that Waterworld and Speed, and I think that's about it. <laughs> the best of Dennis Hopper, not <laughs> <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Waterworld? Is that Kevin Costner and Dennis Hopper's in that? The, the Waterworld. Shit. <laughs> He's the bad guy in it. He leads the smokers. You don't need to see it. It's 100 million. Is it full of water? No, it's about a world full of water because the, the polar ice caps have flooded, so the entire... Like, have you humor. never heard of Waterworld, Lillian? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying to, like, remember... I remember the, the, the trailer change, and a lot Lillian. of water and just water yeah. everywhere. Jack Black's one of the smokers. Oh yeah, the smokers are the bad guy, and they're called the smokers because they smoke. 
Oh man, I gotta check this out. I mean, ride jet skis. Is it good? Or no. No, 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 no. It was it's considered not. a disaster yeah. at the time. Yeah, it's how to spend $100 million and not get any of it back. Um, so on that note, we're going to stop talking about Waterworld and Speed and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is Dennis Hopper's most important films. Not even Easy Rider Apocalypse Now or Hoosiers or uh, Blue Velvet. He's turning in his grave right now. <laughs> He's turning in his grave. Or, um... Yeah. That one he was in with Kiefer Sutherland that wasn't very good. I don't know, Kit. <laughs> I don't know. That's where he played like an aging hippie, and Kiefer Sutherland was like a oh, FBI yeah. agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like, like called Flashback or something? Yeah, it was something called Flashback. Dumb, like, it was Flashback. Yeah. That was such a TBS movie. Mm-hmm. It was, yes. Yep. He Pretty also sure played. He I also thought. played the science teacher in my science experiment. Oh my god, my science, my science project. project. Yeah, yeah, I love that the movie. Family channel, That's yeah. such a good movie too. Like, isn't he in Rumblefish too? Rumblefish. Yeah, he's in Rumblefish. Yeah, he plays the dad in Rumblefish. The dad. Yeah. And let's not forget Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. What else could he Shout out to Out of the Blue. Yeah. He directed and co-starred in that. He was also in True Romance. He was. A really great oh, scene. Oh, the father. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Has a great scene with Christopher Walken in that film. Yep. One of the only times Three, I think they were on screen really racially insensitive. Um, but good. But, I mean, the dialogue was... Yeah. So, anyways, on that note, uh, we're going to go watch Firecracker, and we'll be back soon. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Just threw me under the bus on that one. What? For what? (laughs) Could have made a speed reference there. What? Um, Speed! Well, we we did discuss speed. We did. Speed reference. We threw another bus. Oh! Here's to not hitting stop until you really want to stop recording. <laughs> what do you do, dude? Cheers, what do you Bill. do? Thank you. <laughs> we'll be back. Chin chin. And Kit, because you, you know, you lined it up. I did line oh, it up. He, he, he lobbed the ball, up, right? Phil spiked it. <laughs> or the other way around. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Oh, and also, just for <laughs> some recording, fact, yes. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Kevin Bacon have not appeared in a movie together, as far as I can tell. That we should rectify that. Yeah, I really should. Let's get their agents on the phone. And that's that. But what? But but why are you guys fixated on those two? Well, because because um, of the Ke- Kevin Bacon game. Yes. Yeah, and guys, sorry, I realized to our listeners, sorry, thank, just indulge with us for like a minute, another minute or two, and then we'll get to the movie. I swear. <laughs> Continue, Kit. Oh, what? What was Why I supposed to be continuing? Two? Why those two? Oh, because um, uh, Phil had mentioned that um, uh, his his former professor had taught Keanu Reeves. He wasn't my professor. He was my high school teacher. <laughs> high school teacher, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, Graham had said, oh, you're only like one degrees away from Kevin Bacon then. Because Graham had assumed that Keanu Reeves and Kevin Bacon had started a movie together, but they never have. But why? Based done that oh because you know the kevin bacon game how many degrees of separation are you from kevin bacon oh my god you don't know about this game though six degrees of kevin bacon let's play right now kit how far away are you from kevin bacon and you can't include me as a as a as a link well without including you mm-hmm. uh one of my one of my friends uh from high school mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. his older brother who's also my friend so we're gonna count that as one degree um <laughs> Was good friends with Jeremy Taggart, the drummer from uh, Our Lady Peace, who's friends with Alicia Cuthbert, who was in 24 with Kiefer Sutherland, who was in Flatliners with Kevin Bacon. There you Five go. Five degrees. Okay. 
Phil, how's you, how are yours? Do you know it? Do you have a? Do I, you... I don't know it. Um, I, I could tell you actually because right, you're only you. three. Oh, I, I you're gonna include this. me? No. Uh, uh, if if his high school teacher taught Keanu Reeves, yes, Keanu Reeves was in um, something's got to give with Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. and Jack Nicholson was in a few good men with Kevin Bacon in that oh. one as well. Oh, that's good. Okay, I think I got you all beat. So I worked on the Wait, film. So how many degrees was that? Three. Three. So, uh, just for the record, so you're at five? So Kit's at five. Well, I guess four if I include Phil. Like, I could just switch that okay. up and just... Okay, you're at four, I know you're Phil at four and to five. Then, yeah, yeah, I could latch on to his, yeah, and f- which and makes you at five. Really? Yeah, because you know if Phil... Latch. <gasps> oh, you're also at four, because you don't have to know me and then know Phil. You know Phil yes. directly. This conversation makes no sense to our <laughs> listeners. There's going to be some heavy editing for Graham. <laughs> no, there won't. Um, so, and I am even closer than all you guys because I worked on the feature film Iodine starring oh, Ray snap. Wise, who was in RoboCop, directed by Paul Verhoeven, who directed Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. I am two degrees away. One, two. That sounds like three. Kevin Bacon is not a degree. You're Ray Wise. Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. Kevin that's Bacon. That's three. That's two. Well, they three. got a latch, right? That one's got to join that one. Yeah, that's three. That's three Let's so. see if Ray Wise was in a movie <laughs> with Kevin Bacon then, shall we? Shall we? Okay. I'm going to Google this so fast. I'm going to not edit a single thing out. I'm going to turn off my selfie camera. Was Kevin Bacon in the Tim and Eric movie? So, Kit, are you excited about being one degree less after hearing about Phil's degree uh, accumulation? I sort of like my own personal journey to Kevin Bacon, so I'm a little disappointed that by latching on to to Phil's journey, I'm I'm one degree less. I got it, one degree. Okay. Wow. So, Ray Wise... One degree would mean you know Kevin Bacon directly. (sighs) Okay, two degrees. So, Ray Wise was in X-Men First Class with Kevin Bacon. I didn't know either of those actors were in that film, but I believe you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kit. That's how close I am. Wow, Graham is Bacon so Hater. angry looking right now. It's it's menacing. No. Yeah, it's kind of like the Wolverine, like, under uh, pout. <laughs> no. That was really good, Graham. Yeah, it's because I have an underbite, Phil. Thanks for pointing it out. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, I once had a cosmetic dental surgeon tell me that he should that I should get my jaw cracked so that he can move my jaw back further. And I'm like, wait, you want to reduce my chin? He's like, yeah, then you'll look better, and we can like fix your teeth. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with my teeth? And he's like, well, we can move them closer together and make them more aesthetically pleasing. I don't think my teeth look unesthetically pleasing. No. Thank you. Your teeth are beautiful, Graham. It's true. Let's see those pearly whites. Yeah. For our listeners, the room just got brighter when uh, Graham opened his mouth. (laughs) No, they didn't, you liar. Okay, this is Firecracker. We'll be right back. Firecracker. See Jillian Kessner, grand prize winner at the Black Belt Olympics. She'll mix seduction with destruction in the screen's first erotic kung fu classic. I can't hear a word you're saying, Kit. I didn't realize we were recording. Yeah, we are. So we were just talking about Police Academy. 
um, we might we might just watch one for uh, for our uh, Canada 150 month for yucks yeah so let's talk about the film we just watched and I just want to start off by like let's let's just hum, hum a few bars of the theme song it got like really like bassy and we should also point out that that the, the entire soundtrack was stolen from Shogun Assassin. I was going to join in there, but you guys were carrying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess you can't recognize it for all you uh, hip hop heads there uh, if you re-listen to uh, Liquid Swords by the just yeah, so hard W by yeah. the Jizza uh, Rizza heavily samples uh, the Shogun Assassin soundtrack and some dialogue. Yeah, and therefore indirectly samples the Firecracker soundtrack. So interesting note about Firecracker. They stole the soundtrack and didn't think anyone would, would notice. However, they did, and they actually wound up having to pay, I think it was United Artists that released Shogun Assassin in North America. So they had to actually pay them the rights for the soundtrack. So guys, let's United talk Artists. about... United Artists? I think United Artists released Shogun Assassin, or I might be wrong. Maybe Shogun Assassin was released by, like... Isn't that Chaplin's, uh... Yeah, it was, it was started by uh, Charlie Chaplin and Molly Pickford back in the 20s, and then uh, was still Good around. Molly Pickford. Nice. Yep. Another Canada's Canadian own. girl, yeah. Molly Pickford. Mary Pickford. Mary You're Pickford, right. yeah. I'm, You're right. I'm, 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 the, the wine is, is doing things to Molly me. Molly just doesn't sit well. Molly seems like a bit more of a Canadian name, though. Huh? Yeah. Mo- Molly Parker, you're thinking of, probably. No. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing is, this whole movie is like, we were kind of fading in and out of it. Actually, Phil fell asleep and I had to make coffee for him. But Thank you, Graham. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Phil. It smells, oh. it smells great in here. Oh, God. Did I hit you in the teeth? No, it's not okay. Are you okay? No, you didn't. You didn't. Okay. Are you getting a contact high from the coffee? Do you yeah. want some coffee, Lil? No. Okay. I'm going to drink the rest of that pot later on, though. Um, don't look at me like that, Kit. No, I wasn't. What, what did I look at you? How? How? I don't know. No. Um, so anyways, so that whole movie, we were fading in and out, but the ending, I think, just sold us all on the entire movie. Oh, my God. So, 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 it was uh, a shocker. So let, let's go through the plot as briefly as we can, knowing that we'll go way too long on plot. So the film is set in the Philippines. Yes. And it features some of the cast and crew of Raw Force. It is directed by Kit, who is the director of the film. I'm just looking that up. It's Sirio H. Santiago. Who also directed the films uh, uh, Wheels of Fire and I believe Equalizer 2000, which are two uh, Mad Max knockoff post-apocalyptic car chase movies that are incredibly rapey and I don't recommend them. Fair. Yeah, I it's- was like, and he also directed <laughs> The Sisterhood, which is another post-apocalyptic film, which I actually own here, and is is a film, but I would not recommend it. It, it. it stars Gillian Kessner, who is billed in the trailer as having just won a grand championship in the Black Belt Olympics, but Graham was a little dubious of this fact. <laughs> yeah, because obviously anytime she has to do anything difficult, it's someone else with a wig on, and also her kicks never go above her ankle. Yeah, and there's this one scene where she had to climb, like, a bar and ladder, and all I could think was, 
Okay, guys, just wait. Like, wait till I get to the ladder, and then you can start like chasing me. Okay, like. That's true. Like all the all the bad guys chasing her, like waited until she got halfway up the ladder and then attacked her one on one, so that she could like defeat them all. And we should also point Those out those weren't the fight scenes in Ninja Turtles movies. <laughs> no, 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 they are not. The first Ninja Turtles film was co-produced by Golden Harvest, that did all the Jackie Chan films in the Hong fair, Kong. Fair, but the and sequels. That, yeah, the, the sequels, sequels were like that. The original. Yeah is and we will cover the original because the original is a legitimately good independent film from 1990 fair yeah guys um i was thinking of the sequels i was being glib kit wants to say something no i i didn't i was looking down at um my phone and i Mm -hmm. missed the thread of this and i was kind of uh confused yeah kit um, I don't know why I said that's so accusatory. <laughs> so um, he also directed The Sisterhood, and um, he kind of produced a lot of uh, produced and directed a lot of films in the Philippines that Roger Corman later bought for North American release. He kind of nailed the whole like cast to two to three Americans and fill out the rest with like the standard batch of Filipino bad guys, and you've got a film. It should also be pointed out that uh, Julian Julian, what's your name? Kessner? Kessner? Jillian Kessner. Jillian Kessner was also one of the stars of a great Filipino exploitation film, Raw Force, um, which is a vastly superior film to this one, but this film is still entertaining. Um, and for something being billed as the first ever erotic uh, martial arts film... A first ever it, erotic martial arts classic. It's, it's not super erotic, except for... Or the, classical. Um, or or classic. Not, not very classic. But the filmmakers do find um, a few inventive ways to get... Uh, they found one really, really forced way for her to... To get Jillian to, down to her brawn panties and still kung fu fighting. And then just panties. Gen- um, and then just panties, yes. Yeah, as we joked, like, two of her bras were ruined in this film. Completely ruined. But it was okay because half the time she wasn't wearing a bra anyway, so she was like, it's all right. Lillian was checking to make sure. Um... But um, there's a scene where they're ripping, they're cutting each other's clothes off with a knife. I think. And uh, when his when the Chuck's pants are getting cut, um, he's kind of like, "Oh, that's okay. I'll just stop by the store and get like a few more pairs tomorrow." Chuck. That's the kind of look he's got on his face. Chuck Donner is the um, we called is him. Yeah, he's he's Stashy kind of McBlonde face or yeah, whatever. Would, would he be the uh, the male fatale? I don't know what you would I, even I describe. I guess so him as. because yeah, he, it, it would be the male fatale. So we should start off. So the film or starts. L'homme fatale. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, someone's dipping done. into their ninth grade French class right there. <laughs> um, we called him Blondie McMustache uh, because he was blonde and had a mustache. He also stars in the film Malibu Express from director Andy Sedaris, who also directed the infamous Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Infamous in our circles, due to a certain uh, <laughs> Not jokes in any never other. go away. I know, but it also Side infamous, note. infamous for having the uh, shout out to Donna and her jugs. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about jugs. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's. A, I was going to talk about the YouTube clip involving the skateboarder. Uh, I I could be referring to jugs as being a pet. I don't know. Tune in to. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Or as Graham would say, it's Donna. Her name is Donna. Um, yeah, Jokes. no, there's the infamous YouTube clip. And there's a bunch of great YouTube clips. That film is so inventive. Uh, there's the skateboarder who uh, holds a gun and uses a blow-up doll as a distraction and then gets blown up by a bazooka. And then there's also the YouTube clip of the guy playing with the deadly Frisbee. Oh, the razor blade Frisbee, yes. Yep. 
I, I really love the snake in the movie. That The snake just made the movie for me. Yeah, the snake pl- subplot. I love how we're talking about Hard Ticket to Hawaii, not this movie. Um, the snake, Firecracker. Firecracker, yeah. The snake in... I love how that's like the weirdest subplot ever, and you're like, why is this... It, have anything to do with anything else in the movie and then at the end of Hard Ticket to Hawaii the snake pops up out of an exploding toilet and kills the bad guy and then dies instantly and that's the movie so this film starts off with a uh, a, a karate tournament Phyllis <laughs> I, to- I totally remember the snake <laughs> I forgot about the snake but I wish I he did really remember he really made that movie didn't he he really did <laughs> Go watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii. It is such a fun, fun film. Um, it is available on DVD through, uh, via the Andy Sedaris collection. Fun and problematic. It's not problematic. <laughs> There's some problems. You guys are jerks. <laughs> it is a wonderful film to watch, though, because it's so nonsensical and... Uh, how else would you describe this? It's, it's Over like, the top. You wish you uh, could go to Hawaii. Yeah. And as the theme song says, it's a hard ticket to Hawaii. It's not paradise all the time. Um, it's a reminder. It's a hard ticket. Yeah, a hard ticket. Um, to Hawaii. To Hawaii. It's, it's not, not paradise a, It's all the not time. a soft ticket to Hawaii. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a, a, a very choice film to watch. Um, back to Firecracker. Scene one, uh, we're in a karate tournament, and the Shogun, Atha- Shogun Assassin theme kicks in hardcore. Uh, as we see Chuck Donner, a.k.a. Blondie McMustache, um, engage in some combat with some guys and then just straight up murder a dude with a uh, a staff with a knife at the end of it. What so is a death match? It so, is a death match, yeah. but we didn't know that going into it. And also, we didn't know that the arena's uh, unofficial name was the Arena of Death. Yes, Phil? Yes, it definitely recalls uh, the movie we did two weeks ago, Best of the Best 2. Yeah, we I, I didn't really put it together. Also, I haven't seen this film, so I didn't know that there there's going to be a lot of death uh, death by death, too. Um, but there was no thumbs up or thumbs down in this, No, but though, there, are betting, there are mm-hmm. betters. There are betters, uh, yeah. Sorry, Best and of the Best 2. And there is weaponry, and you know, it's just like yeah. this real like flawless victory money yeah. shot. You know? Yeah, and it also does feature a Filipino Wayne Newton as a police chief. Ah, it does. And also, I guess you'd say a poor man's uh, heroin-addicted Mike Pence. Yeah, yeah, Mike Pence is in this movie. Not the real Mike Pence, but he probably <laughs> is. Um as a heroin addicted crime boss but but he doesn't really ever show any negative aspects of his heroin addiction he's just shooting up in so his he's downtime. the good mike pence the the vice president is the is evil the, yeah mike yeah pence, in yes. in our universe this guy is still good mike pence and the current mike vice pence president is trapped in, good mike pence is trapped in the lodge bad mike pence is out in the world oh twin peaks reference very good um, so after that we're introduced to susan played by jillian kirshner 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 Kessner. I love how um, we're forgetting her name. Who is... I'm not. Yeah. Thank you, Lillian. Thank you, Lil. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Lil knows to speak into the mic, which you guys have still not figured out after 13 episodes. I to- I'm totally speaking into the mic. I have totally <laughs> figured that out. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't, because you started talking when the mic wasn't in front of your face. I know when to speak into the mic, Graham. No, you don't, because you just did it again. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> he did that deliberately. Um, Okay. You can have the mic back now, Kat. I bet you're glad you came over here. <laughs> um, so then we're introduced to Susan. Um, she goes to a bar to meet Pete, the bartender, 
who is a big burly man. Um, are, are we sure his name's Pete? It is Pete. I looked it up. There was some IMDb. discussion. Okay. There's Pete. Uh, his name is literally in the IMDb credits, Pete, the owner of the bar, Pete. Was there a concern about his name? We thought it might be something else because she only says it once like Frank or we Joe. We thought Paul or Pete Paul. or Mark or you even said Frank, which I <laughs> I, I yeah. crossed out outright. You as in me, Graham said Frank, but we knew Wait, it did they, Does it literally say in the credits, Pete, the owner of the bar? Yes. Wow. That's a bit long-winded. That's a bit of a mouthful. He's a big guy, by the way. He's, He's a big, big guy. guy and yep. um, there's, a, there's much... a fight scene that breaks out yeah. right there. And mm-hmm. uh, Jillian's fighting style is kicking and stuff kicking, and then having a stunt double come do in. And flips and somersaults. Uh, so, well, while Pete's fighting style was just picking dudes up and throwing them. Do we remember her name in the movie? It was Susan. Oh, thanks. And her uh, sister's name was Bonnie. Yep. So she's she's come to the Philippines to find her uh, her missing sister who was staying in a room at the hotel above the bar. She's telegrammed. She's messaged. She's done everything short of you know just knocking on her door and no reply. So she thought she'd come and check it out. And then when she actually goes to her hotel room, um, she finds the last postcard she sent just underneath the door, and they don't know what happened. Then the fight breaks out, and then uh, they are you the Pete. And then an unnamed kung fu specialist, who I believe was the cook from Raw Force, um, team up to fight the uh, a bunch of hooligans in the bar. And while they're fighting, they start having conversations like, "Hey, you're holding your own. Yeah, I know a thing or two about karate. Uh, what are you here for? Well, Bonnie was my sister, and she's not up there. Okay, well, we'll help you find her." As they're beating the crap out of like fifteen people. By the way, Graham's impression of Susan is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought she just walked in or something. Yeah, I, I was more. I was more my impersonation of Pete the bartender. Wait, so does that mean that Bonnie was um, kung fu special? Like, uh, was she like in that thing? Was she fighting Do we know as why well? Bonnie was there? No. Know why she was killed? Um, she probably found out something she shouldn't have from Good Mike Pence and Blondie McMustache. Um, Chuck she was Donner. she was hanging around with Chuck Donner, yeah. who were warned at the very beginning of the movie. He's a bad guy. He's bad news. Yeah, he's bad news. That's the actual words he used. And what do we remember? Why he was bad news? He because uh, he's a dirty drug dealer. He's involved with the uh, the, the three big vices, the three main, the 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 big three, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which are uh, drugs, yeah, prostitution, yeah, gambling. Oh. Not thieving, though. And what did uh, our darling Susan reply when she was given, supplied with this list? She was like, where do I find them? <laughs> yeah, because she... Sign me up. She was ready to just go in there and kick ass. Um, but she didn't know yet that he is the one who killed her sister. No, no, no. She just knew that he had some association with her sister. Um, so they, she goes to what's called the arena, which looks like a really crappy nightclub where they have two dudes do uh, combat fighting on stage. It's no Coliseum. No, it's no Coliseum from Best of the Best Part 2. No. Um, and she basically meets up with Chuck, who introduces her to evil Mike Pence, or good Mike Pence, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And then um, Chuck says, oh, like, what are you doing here? Are you military? And she says, no, I'm a karate champion, and I want to train at your gym. Are you police? Yeah. And she says, no, I'm a karate champion. I want to train at your gym a second time. And he's <laughs> like, all right. So they take her to the gym, which is really like this like Mortal Kombat-style compound on the outskirts of town where they have all of these dudes like 
practicing their punches and flips and kicks and stuff. Oh, it's up in the mountains, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's up in the mountains. Sorry, it's very yeah, much. Like, it's it's like it reads as evil kung lots fu. Of mist, the yeah. club is in the mountains. No, no, no. The training facility. If you remember oh. the training facility, it's like it's like the stereotypical. Yeah. I'm an evil guy with a lot of guys learning kung fu around me. Um, and uh, so she goes up there to train. She has a little sparring test with with uh, one of their head trainers, which she succeeds at. So they're like, okay, we'll train you. Uh, but what are you really doing here? And then she's told by the cook from Pete's Bar, which is also the same bar as in Raw Force. No one here is thrilled about that. You're so excited about that, and nobody else is. Because Raw Force is awesome. Well, I'm happy for you, Graham. <laughs> nobody you. cared about Raw Force. <laughs> shut up, Phil. <laughs> Just shut up. Okay, I'll put Ralph Force on right now, and we'll watch it all again at... And it's like 1 a.m. in the morning. Is that a threat? No, it's a promise for awesomeness. Do they even have Ralph Force at this abandoned video store? Yeah, of course they do, man. Yeah, so there's camera... Is it just everywhere? Like, it just is? Yeah, it was a video store staple. It's got Cameron Mitchell in it, for God's sakes. I, I see it's few- got Jewel Shepard. It's got uh, evil Filipino Hitler. It's got everything in this movie. Does it have Filipino Newton? No, it doesn't. This film does, but it has. Uh. But it does have Mrs. Roper from Three's Company. I'm not kidding, Lil. Lil is speechless. We're all too old, uh, too young for Three's Company. Speak for yourself, Oldie McMoldy. I'm the youngest person here. Petticoat Junction. I remember it being on reruns, but I, I don't actually remember the movie. So um, after the training session, um, she basically teams up and then fights a bunch of dudes, and then there's a bad drug deal, and then more dudes fight, and then she gets followed home. The police pick her up, and it turns the, the, the police are led by Filipino Wayne Newton, who pick her up and say, like, hey, this guy's really, really bad, and everyone he knows is bad. You should probably stay away from them. And she's like, no, i got to find out who killed my sister Bonnie. And the police are like, all right. And then he also her... usually wears a jacket with a lion on the back, as Lillian. Yeah, sorry, that's out. that. That is Chuck, uh, blonde mustache, wears jackets with lions on the back. In one scene, he wears a, a jacket, which is an Adidas, a custom Adidas track jacket with a lion patch over his heart, and then a big old lion on his back. It's um, pretty sweet. Yeah, I. Yeah, pretty much everything he's wearing throughout the movie has a lion on the back, and the arena symbol is a huge lion, right? Except for one scene, and Lillian was really disappointed. Yeah, I mean, he's walking through the bazaar, doing the shopping before a huge fight or chase breaks out. We're all excited to see the lion on his back. Yeah, he's strutting along, and so good. I feel like Nicholas Winding Refn will like use like Chuck's uh, fashion sense and apply it to like a future protagonist. I, I was thinking of uh, Ron Reynolds from Drive when he turned around wearing the white sequin. <laughs> did you just call Ryan Gosling Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> yeah, I did. I called Ryan Gosling. Oh God, do not mix up our Ryans. No, the Gosling is clearly the <laughs> superior one. So then, <laughs> our so, handsome Ryans are an important Canadian resource. You mm-hmm. cannot mix them up. Yep. Almost as good as our Corys were in the 80s. Corey Hart, 
Corey Haim. Haim, yeah. Corey Feldman is not one of them. No, those. he's not, no. Yes. Yeah, Corey Hart. Really? Yes. I knew about Haim. I didn't know Corey Hart was Canadian. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm glad I, he... I came here tonight. <laughs> yeah. The more you know. Um, I'm sure he still wears his sunglasses at night. Yeah. They actually, so the TV. And he'll never surrender. So he can, so he can. Um, actually. What can the, he, by the way? Did, was that ever discovered? No. Okay. There was a great so scene can, in. Uh, you know, use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, in the TV show Scream Queens, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, tying it all back to Best of the Best 2, Eric Roberts' daughter, Emma Roberts, there is this great montage set to Sunglasses at Night where this dude is like working out, pumping iron, and then he gets killed by the killer in Scream Queens. That was good. Oh, snap. Yep. It was an actually an awesome scene. Back to this film, though. Um, and what happens next, Kit? Um, where where were we? The she had just been seen by uh, Filipino Wayne Newton, who is the police officer that tells him like uh, tells her you shouldn't be there, and he's and she says, well, I got to find out who killed Bonnie. Is this one of the scenes where she's like walking home, and then yep. those yeah, two, so, so two fellows like, yep. hey, Start. we're gonna sexually assault you, and they they follow oh, yeah. her. Yeah, you're you're running away from us. What you don't want to you don't want to hang with us. You're running away. Okay, let's run and after the thing you. Is, she's let's in high heels. The shreds. And I think the the idea of the scene yeah. is that because she's in high heels, she, she can't has get to away run. From, yeah, but and she, her high her high heels are such that she can't just kick them off. She actually no. has to untie them. Yeah, yeah. So as she's running, she runs through this uh, shipping yard, and then a little bit of her dress gets caught. She loses most oh, of her dress. Oh, wait, her dress gets ripped uh, when she's running through the fence, and we're just kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. And then she runs some more, and she actually finds a security guard who has a gun, but the thugs wrestle the gun away and then push him so that he falls and trips onto this. This like scythe, a that's scythe, just, yes. That like like the Grim Reaper carries around with him. This that's is, just kind of like laying on the ground at this like dockyard, and it goes all the way through his chest and out the front. And shit gets real. Yeah, and then she's. It was a bad day to t- t- turn up at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you came through with that. <laughs> that's like, it's like a work safety PSA right there. L- like Klaus, the uh, the 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 forklift driver from. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. We should do a whole episode on Klaus, the forklift driver, because that mo- that is awesome. Um, yeah, Kit, you missed I've, that I've one. I've seen the safety video, but man, that's a that's an obscure reference. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like our Ontario work safety videos are straight up nightmare fuel. Yeah, shrapnel in the eye. I oh, will yeah. say no more. Were they? Are they anything like the? You know those infomercials you see at night where it's like they're advertising a new razor or a new wax, and then they show the alternative to to shaving or waxing, and it's like over the top, or like those cooking things where like they're showing you this like new alternative to beating an egg and then they yes. show you the way that an egg can oh, be yeah. beaten and like the egg like you're cracking an egg they show somebody like cracking an egg and like the eggs all over their face and yes no more mess no more fuss is it like yeah, that okay, yeah yeah really no it's, it's not okay <laughs> um, okay no, they're just, it's just it's just like realistic scenarios, and then oh, you know, okay. if you don't wear like protective eye gear and like your hammer and stuff, you might get shrapnel in your eye. Okay. Because I know, I know really some of those safety sense, videos yeah. can get a little like, all right, yeah. ma, all right. Yeah. Yes. 
you know it's all like those infomercials where like somebody like pulls their back you know like like lifting a pin or something yeah yeah okay <laughs> i always like those like m- like the mighty putty videos where like a dude's like dragging a truck with the mighty putty <laughs> <laughs> All right. I totally so then, uh, so yeah. then, after the the security guard is killed by the scythe, um, do you have something to say, Kit? No, no. <laughs> Kit's dumbfounded. I, I I have no idea what happened. We in the just last went on a really so. really weird tangent. To our seven listeners that still listen, thank you so much for tuning seven? in. How did it become seven? We love you. I'm, I'm kidding. There's more than seven, actually. Especially you, Nick. To our to by the way, to our iTunes listeners. Please uh, like us on Facebook and subscribe and send us a note. We want to know what you think or what you don't think or don't like or like or don't like. Send us a note about what you don't think, please. (laughs) Just a blank email. (laughs) Send us butterflies. Yes. And to our SoundCloud listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. It is not the easiest format to listen to us on, but we appreciate it so much. So back to firecracker well okay so after the cop dies she escapes some more loses more of her dress until she's just brawn panties um and then she's able to at, at find a little spot where she can undo her her um oh, high heels shoes. and once she's barefoot then she's all like why don't you come on uh chase me some more boys and they do and she kills them both and she starts kicking ass but you forget she kills the one dude first accidentally when she she kicks him and he bangs into this like circular saw machine and then she kicks him again and his face goes flying right into the circular saw and she's actually like mortified by it and then the the other dude picks up a like a uh uh what's that uh, like a, a slashing not a machete but some sort of like metal hook uh blade and he like slashes it at her but it misses her but it catches her bra and that's our first instance of boobs in the movie. And she's so, like, the look on her face is like, how dare you? And then she proceeds to kick the crap out of him and kill him. It's oh, pretty damn it, I was already kind of chilly. Now this is coming off? <laughs> That's what her expression said. Yep. And so she kicks the crap out of him and kills him, and then somehow she gets back home, although I was quite concerned. I'm like, how are you going to get home? Yeah, Graham's been very concerned about her darling Susan. Like, how will, how will she get home? Every oh. time... This is ripped. This is ripped. What's going to happen? It's How true. is she going to get home? Every time poor Susan loses an article of clothing, like a- Grandma's like, how will she get home with this? <laughs> it's, it's like that dream when you're like in school and you're not wearing pants or something. It's like, oh my God, how embarrassing. It's a legit thought. Thanks, Grandma. Thank you, Lil. That's very nice. I've never had that dream. <laughs> dream? Yeah, you know when you're you when you're like asleep and or you you dream and you're like in school or somewhere and you're not wearing you like forgot your pants or something. You've had dreams like that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> All right. So anyway, we so, get to uh, yeah. Susan goes to her first death match. Right, soon after right, this. right, right. So yeah, so they announce they're going to have a tournament of death in the death arena or the and, arena of um, death. And uh, a death happens, and Susan doesn't look pleased. No, she's kind of like, oh, so so it's not just a metaphor. You actually are killing people in this arena of death. And that's when good Mike Pence tells her, A true fighter fights to kill. Otherwise, it's only a game. That was said by Mike Pence in the film to uh, to, to Susan. He doesn't say it quite like that. You said it like a... I said uh, it a little bit better, right? Like a right? dubbed um, old martial arts movie or what something What are you like talking that. about, Kit? I am speaking in my natural intonation. <laughs> Um, no, he says it more like, a true fighter fights to kill, otherwise it's just game, babe. Um, I, he didn't say babe, but I kind of feel that he was m- thinking that on the inside. Look up, man. 
suck. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Like. Right? Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, then. That was, his, that was his overall feeling. That's what he wanted to get across. Lighten up. Lighten okay. up, babe. It's just a death tournament. Come on. Gosh. Gee. Like, why bother? Yeah, if you're just if you're not gonna start the day, and know you're gonna kill someone. Why but get out of bed? Oh my gosh, a true fighter fights to kill. All right, otherwise it's only a game. God. Yeah, guide me with a spoon, <laughs> kid. Come on, Dad. I don't know why. That's always my like annoying girl dad like voice for death. Dad, why won't you let me do a tournament of death, Dad? <laughs> like a, a, a character, a fighter only fights to kill. Otherwise, it's just a game, Dad. Come on, Dad. Give it the program, Dad. That reminds me of he beat the shit out of me. Dad beat the shit out of me. Remember from Memento? Why? I haven't seen Memento. It was I. I did a very bad impersonation of. Is that Carrie Ann Moss? Yeah. Dodd, he beat the fuck, he beat the shit out of me. He beat the shit out of me. Dodd. Oh, yes, she's Dodd. fooling him, too. He's like, who's Dodd? He's like, Dodd, he beat the shit out of me, remember? She was, like, cooking up this whole story about... She is cooking up a story, yeah, because of his memory problem. So that is another film we've touched on. That is not the film we're watching tonight. Um, Memento, directed by Christopher Nolan in the year 2002, I think. And she was not nearly as incredulous as I was just now, but... Anyway. I kind of feel you should have been in that film over Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> um, Canada's own Carrie Ann Moss, also Joe Pentaliano, and uh, Australia's... Guy Pierce. I was going to say Guy Pierce. I was going to say Guy Pierce as well. <laughs> I still think I'm a mentor from time to time whenever I forget to buy, like, really basic things like baking soda or, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> garbage was, bags. I'll just have it, like, I was actually on my wrist. so thrilled today because I got both mayonnaise and sriracha, and I was like, yes! Did, did you have them tattooed on your body? No, I just remembered them. <laughs> I'm an adult, Kit. So then um, she goes over to see Chuck. Uh, back to the movie, by the way. Oh, that's when we get the romantic pants-cutting scene. If you call that romantic, Kit, I don't know about you, but... Uh, so he throws her on the bed, turns off the light, turns on this weird red light, and pulls out two... It's a mood lighting. Sure. And pulls out two knives and then proceeds to cut her clothes off. And again, my whole thought is like, how is she gonna get home? This dude is just ruining her entire outfit. I was starting to be concerned. Graham is so worried about Susan. Although she does um, cut his pants off as well. Yeah. But they're in his place. I'm guessing he has more than one pair of pants. No, he was, he was all set to go to the store in the morning, and he's like, oh, f***. Okay, so before I do that, I have to stop at the store and get a few more He pants. didn't have no clean biggie. laundry. That was, like, his last clean pair of pants. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that... That's kind of like me today, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't do laundry tomorrow, ooh, it's going to be rough. Um, just kidding. I'm an adult. I keep ahead of that stuff. So we better not cut up your pants tonight. Is that what you're saying? Meh. I didn't know that. <laughs> Graham would be okay with the pants cutting. Um, so then, yeah, so then basically uh, they make love, and I guess that's the erotic portion, but it really doesn't go anywhere beyond. We see. There's like five minutes of awkward. Uh, awkward hugging. Groping. Oh, yeah, the weird touching. There is a lot of boob groping in that scene, and it is awkward. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that's just like the long way to foreplay for the frick So much frack boob and... groping, but like boob showcasing. Right? Like, oh, here's 
Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's definitely that. Yeah, so it's he's just kind of like getting like the Vanna White treatment. Yeah. <laughs> a new car. Yeah. Oh, Vanna, that's a callback to uh, to our our episode on graduation day, which features a young pre Wheel of Fortune Vanna White in it. Very cool. Cool. He, he he grubs her breasts like he's revealing the letter O. <laughs> oh. Um so then and then she kisses his we do, I see what you did there. And here's the thing. We 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 see his butt briefly and it's not a pretty sight. Oh, it's it's very hairy and we get to see a bit it's, of undercarriage. Yeah, they're shooting it right up Main Street and um <laughs> and uh they <laughs> So that's the erotic Hang portion. Larry. Hang Larry off Main Street, right? Oh, no, not up that street. Um, <laughs> oh, good. This is going to be a great episode. Um, this episode is amazing. I haven't said edit once. That's how no. great this episode is. You just did. I'm not going to, but the, note to self, don't edit that edit out. Um Three edits. Leave Shut everything up. in. Oh, I am. This is gonna be the best episode. Come on, take everything. Take everything. Wow, some hole. Yes. Well, we were talking about. <laughs> yes, Courtney Love came up tonight, didn't she? Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we were talking about Straight to Hell. Yes, Alex Cox's 1987 film Straight to Hell. Thank you for censoring. Starring Courtney Hill. Love, uh, Joe Strummer, Elvis Costello, The Pogues, Pray for Rain, um, and a Dick Rude. Dick Rude, yes, and a. Just after he joined the Circle Jerks, uh, what's his face? Xander Schloss. Xander Schloss. And, uh... Schloss. Yeah, and... He was Kevin in Repo Man. Mm -hmm. Schloss. Schloss? And as we all know, Graham loves the Circle Jerks. They're a real good band. The band, (laughs) Kit. The band. (laughs) Kaboom. Yes, we were talking about Courtney Love in Straight to Hell. And it's a great film. You should check it out by Alex Cox. He released a uh, updated version of it a few years ago called Straight to Hell Returns, which features a different color timing and uh, a bit more footage. And the CGI blood splatter. Yeah, which is good good CGI blood, I have to say. So then, uh, so after that awkward lovemaking scene, um, she finds out almost immediately that her... Uh, are they having dinner or something? Or coffee or something? No, it cuts very you? abruptly to the next scene after with the frick frog. With Blondie, mus, 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 Mr. Mustache. Mus, yeah. mm-hmm. With who? Who's oh, right. Him and Mike Pence are having dinner afterwards. Yes. <laughs> okay, I remember the dinner scene with Blondie, and I couldn't remember who he was. I think, I think Mike Pence's character's name is Eddie or something. I don't care. Um, it's Mike ah! Pence. So, so Mike Pence, a.k.a. Eddie, um, decides, like, okay, now we're going to, like, pull out all the stops, sell off all this heroin, and we're going to have the final tournament of death. That's then right after that, Susan learns that, oh, no, Chuck uh, Blondie McMustache killed my sister Bonnie from, uh, from Filipino Wayne Newton. And then she heads off to enter this tournament of death to fight Chuck. And this is where the movie gets awesome. But she's not set to fight Chuck. She's set to fight some, like, Joe Blow. Some gray-haired guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah Joe Gray-haired Black but guy. But she and says, like, nope. you know what, Chuck? You get your fucking ass down here, okay? You killed my sister, motherfucker. Exact quote from the movie. Come on down. I kind of want to remake this movie with Lillian in the lead. <laughs> oh my god, um, yes. 
And t- just like acting like that. So yeah, so she calls out Chuck, and he's like, I don't want to fight you. And then she starts hitting him with sticks, and it's awesome. Then the cook from the earlier scene shows up and starts kicking ass. And then the Filipino police force led by Wayne Newton show up, and they start kicking ass. And then Mike Pence, um, who kills Mike Pence? Does he even die? Yeah, he does. It's uh, no, he gets punched out by um, by the by the cook who was also in Raw Force, also playing a cook. Oh wow! Typecast. Raw Force is awesome. Um, or just a really great kung fu cook. Yeah, it's the I, inspiration I for Steven Seagal in uh, Under know. Siege. Oh, just... it predates Steven Seagal in Under Siege by about ten years. Um, That's what I was uh, I trying to get. A, I have a I have a soft spot for Under Siege. Yeah, it's yeah. a good time. I agree. Under Siege too, though. The Train of Death. That's I still think <laughs> it's good. I still think Steven Seagal's best role was in was it what was the film with Kurt Russell executive decision executive decision where, where he dies off. 20 minutes into the movie yeah cause you're like oh my god this is gonna be a Steven Seagal movie and Kurt Russell's just there in glasses like help me and then all of a sudden Steven Seagal dies and it's a Kurt Russell movie and you're like yes it's a Kurt Russell movie yeah cause it's Kurt freaking Russell yeah he's awesome he is Mr. Jack Burton Snake Plissken like he's there and you're like everything's gonna be alright yeah you know? I still want the movie where, where he plays the president, kind of like a sequel to Air Force One, but not like Air Force One, and he's just kicking ass the whole movie. Yeah, sure. I'll take your silence as agreement. What? Air Force One? That's the movie with Harrison Ford where he plays the president? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, I want to see a movie that's like that, but with Kurt Russell playing. Yeah. Get off my plane! That's my Harrison Ford from Air Force One. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. what was that like intense movie about this? Uh, it, was it Extreme Measures? The bone marrow. His son needed bone marrow, but like the bone marrow was this criminal. Oh, that's the one where I forget who. Is that that, Michael, that's Michael Keaton. That's Michael Keaton. That's, that's Desperate Measures. Extreme, desperate ma- Extreme Measures is the one with uh, Hugh. And then no, there's it's Hugh Grant and uh, the uh, Gene Hackman. Yes. Yeah. And then there's Executive Decision. With Kurt Russell, right? and yes, Steven Seagal. Man on Fire is the one with Denzel Washington. Yes. Yeah, which was a remake of the film Man on Fire with uh, something Scott. What's his name? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so let's cap this movie off. So everyone's kicking ass. Um, they have a big fight scene, and then Susan knocks down old Lonnie McMustache. Well, first he like he has her dead to rights, and he has his knives out, the same knives he a, used to cut her pants off and to kill her sister. We and think. he's like, I can't do it. And he turns around and he walks away. And then she grabs her sticks, knocks him <laughs> to the ground. You can't do it, but honey, <laughs> I can. Well, he did kill her sister. Yeah. So then she knocks. Here's, here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, <laughs> Mike Pence has been caught by the Filipino police force. Um, and then so Chuck has been knocked down. She grabs her two sticks and we're like, what's going to happen? She jams them into his eye sockets and kills him dead. Credits. And uh, the end. The end. That is how you end a movie. She just smashed his eyeballs to oblivion. Yes. And he's either blind for and life so or just dead. It was so graphic too. It was so good. We it took us all by surprise. <laughs> and we also forgot that like during this whole showdown, there are those proto Street Fighter two sound effects. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah the whoosh, whoosh. Hoochie! Hoochie! Hadouken! You got fire! 
<laughs> they didn't say Yoga Fire. No, they didn't, but they should have. It would have been great if they did. So, guys, um, this is interesting because as a film that none of us has seen before, it dragged in a little place, so I won't lie. It we were, I was going to say, we were all pretty nonplussed about the movie until the very, the very final end. And that's that's how you thing. make a successful movie. You have people <laughs> walk up being like, that was awesome. The last two seconds of it. So, guys. Yeah, the, the, the criminal mastermind didn't have any, like, real presence right like he didn't have anything kind of like you weren't like kind of like oh this guy's like somebody to contend with right you're just kind of like i don't give a shit and chuck i'm sorry but like what chuck was funny he was like you could just go like this and just blow him away well he was like it's i don't know his voice or something he he kind of he just like seems so fluffy he had a tough and... looking kind of physique and he had the mustache of course which makes him look extra tough the problem is that he had a blonde mustache yes. and a blonde and big blonde curly white man afro yes and he just looked like he was in the bgs but but the, his, his was he was not. Just, he was so soft spoken. He would be getting like all tough and angry, and he'd be like. But the things that he would say would. He, all right, you guys gotta leave the room now, okay? Uh, but you know, uh, oh. So 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 I'm gonna like pull out my knives and then I'm gonna stab you to death. Fun fact: um, Chuck was played by Darby Hinton. Yep. Um, and uh, according to the trivia that I found, there's not much trivia. Darby Hinton wasn't initially paid after the principal shooting of the movie in the Philippines was done. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Being a, being a Santiago production, a Chiro Santiago production. Aww. It, it wasn't until he came back to America and did a few additional scenes for the picture that he was finally paid for acting in it. Poor Darby. And that's how you save money during production, kids. You don't pay your actors. I wonder if that had anything to do with his performance. Probably did. He uh, lost his eyes for this film, I assume. Not in real life, though, Kit. No? No. No, no, you know, I, I'm kind of... Uh, he went full method. I'm storming... I'm assuming I'm, he's lost his I'm eyes. I'm storming down on him, but it's mainly like his entire character throughout the movie. It just wasn't very pow. His 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 uh, martial it wasn't arts... Very, it wasn't very what? It wasn't very pow. Like, it wasn't anything to, like, a force to be reckoned with at all. In his eyeballs way. weren't pow. What? I don't know. So, um, I think his eyeballs went pop, actually. <laughs> You're right, the, kid. The, his hair and mustache were on point, though. Reaching. And his outfits <laughs> and his pants. I think I, I think we talked about his pants at one point, and uh, I don't think he was wearing a thong or something. You thought he was wearing a thong. He was wearing jeans okay, in this so scene. Like so I'm a little obsessed with Chuck, but I swear I'm not. I'm not sure how you could tell he was wearing a thong, because he had jeans on. So they must have been very oh, tight jeans. okay. So I'm looking at the IMDb reviews. They are all positive yeah i checked those out too that's, that's kind of crazy like one is uh, a lot of them have like i'm just gonna say the titles of them unapologetic martial arts slash mixed fighting fest unforgettable scenes a next review is called naked beauty kessener creates hard-fisted adventure a real firecracker the next one is kung fu kitten kills sans clothes the another review says this film had some unforgettable scenes uh another one is superior trash Superior Trash. Again, that's the name of our... Uh, our rock band. Our rock band. Oh, or the album. That we're the album, release. yeah. Yeah, we are going to be... Re- enjoyable Chopsaki Exploitation. Yeah, they're all positive reviews. Oh, okay. I kind of want to read this one. The title of this review is Yet Another Movie to See for the Sake of One 
oddly sexual bit. <laughs> it is from. I hope it's not the bit we're thinking. It is from a. I'm sure it's exactly a the bit user we're thinking. called Procrustes from April the second, two thousand and three, way back when. Yup, star Jillian Kessner does manage to combine a karate fight scene with a slow strip, and it is actually a bit sexy. This is going to be an awkward review. Um, she's not the most lovely woman who ever took her clothes off in a movie. What? That's, That's pretty, pretty harsh. harsh. She's yeah. not. She's she's a very beautiful. She's a looker. I think yeah. we'll all agree. Yeah. Yeah, yes. for sure. But I thought she was attractive, and there's something appealing to a certain ty- sort of adolescent sexual mind. Like uh, it's getting weird. And he he said he means to say like mind, but spells it like mind, like mind. In this sequence, she gets her clothes ripped off a bit at a time while she's fighting for her life. It adds vulnerability to her physical allure, and that worked for me. Of course, that's because it's a movie and not reality. That worked for me. What, what is he watching these movies for? Seeing attacked, seeing women attacked for real is nothing I hope for. Oh my god. Hell, most of what this happens in this movies is nothing I hope for. Oh, no. Lillian is dying. <laughs> Keep going, please. There are other scenes in this movie, but I don't remember any of them from the one time I saw it over 20 years ago. They're probably awful, but who cares? There are many films that are worth seeing for one scene, and if you share my fondness for the sort of thing that makes teenage boys snicker and rewind their VCRs over and over, you'll think this is one of them. Wow. And that's the review. So this guy after that scene sat down and typed that up. 20 years later, he typed that up. With one hand. <laughs> yes. Very oh good film. Lord, Phil. <laughs> bringing down this. I have to take the decorum down. Yeah. I'm sorry. 20 years later? <laughs> yeah. Still, still stained in his mind. He doesn't remember much about the film because probably he, he had no use for the film after that scene. So. Turned it off. <laughs> okay, next. He's like, I'm tired. Okay, we're going to read one more IMDb review because it uh, I haven't read it all, but it looks entertaining. It's called Lobotomy Without Surgery. Oh, my God. Two out of ten, and it's by uh, Necrophilissimo, Ugh. which I assume was your non-diploma in high school, Phil, um, from August the 20, 21st. <laughs> no, it's not. And it goes, Ever wanted a lobotomy but are either afraid of surgery or you just haven't been able to prove your, to your psychiatrist that you need one? Well, no problem. Just try this to find this firecracker or naked fist on video or DVD if someone's been crazy enough to release one. Is it also called Naked Fist? It is. And here's the thing. Someone has been crazy enough to release it on DVD, and I own it. It's on a three-pack called Roger Corman's Lethal Ladies Collection with TNT Jackson, which is actually the film that this is a remake of, and another film called Too Hot to Handle. The uh, the trailers in front of this film, by the way, were something else. What was yeah, the, uh, it was what the, was the one we were cage. watching, Phil? Oh my! The big oh, bird the hot box. The uh, hot box. Oh dear Jesus! So, here's the rest of this review, and it's oh my god! I love martial arts films, really do. <laughs> Jackie Chan, C H A K I E, Chan, and Bruce Lee are quite common in my DVD collections. I guess he means obviously to say. not. Jackie Chan. And I always try to look for other genre classics. 
Having such a cult status, Naked Fist got me excited, even though the bare title made me worry. Naked Fist sounded awful lot like a porn film. And when the film started, I was still afraid it was a porn film. The looks, the acting, the skills, pure exploitation quality. And actually, the script is very close to porn. It's not at all. It's not. This is your standard kung fu revenge film. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of filler and crap and God knows what. Yeah, this is not a, this is, in no case could you confuse this for a pornographic film. Which would kind of fall in line with a pornographic film, like crap. You've probably seen more than I have, Will. No, no, I'm not saying from any, like, any real standpoint. I'm just spitballing here. (laughs) I've got nothing to add to this. Actors drop a few lines of dialogue, then comes the action sequence. After that, they switch the scene, drop a few lines of dialogue, and start another action sequence. This pattern is repeated all the way to the end. That wouldn't be bad for a cult film, though... If the plot was... This grammar is terrible. Um, If the plot was any good or had any reasonable sense, period. Poor cutting, I guess editing, makes things worse as I honestly had no darn clue what the heck they were fighting for this time. Just insane hustle. The choreography wasn't near great either. Just insane hustle sounds awesome, by the way. Yeah. Is that the name of a movie? Sounds like the name of a hip-hop album. It does, yeah. It sounds like the name of our hip-hop album. Um. <laughs> Seventeen. Um. The, uh, the only thing is, Lil, we can't hear you because you're in the other room. But she was just asking how many albums we have, and we have quite a bit. I believe you said seventeen. Yeah, I said seventeen. We got seventeen albums. One of them titled "Skinny Arms and Awkward Hugging." Uh, you want some wine? It's. Uh, I think it's in there. Isn't it in there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to continue reading this. Anyway, yes, Just Insane Hustle does sound like a Rick Ross album. What else were we getting at? This movie, final thoughts all around. Final thoughts. Kit. Um, well, it was a movie that we watched. Um, it was, it was kind of fun. It Um, it was fun. With all the booze that we were soaking in with. We were not drinking that much booze, guys. We are not alcoholics compared to what we, we say on this podcast. We're alcoholics. Only I can talk in the demon voice kit. No, we're not. No, we're not. But no, it was a uh, it was a fun watch. Um, I I get what the one reviewer was saying, where it was easy to lose the the, the plot. Like, why are people fighting all of a sudden? Yep. But who cares why they're fighting all of a sudden? I know sudden? it's awesome. You got a girl kicking butt all across the Philippines, and sometimes in her brown panties, which you know, if you're a young thirteen year old boy, and I think we all are at heart. Especially here, here, Lillian. Here, here, yeah, here. yeah, Lillian Especially agrees. Especially Lillian, what the what? Uh-huh. <laughs> you were nodding as Kit said that. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, me too. I'm, I'm down. Phil, what's your final thought on this film? Uh, for, for the time I was awake, I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Thanks, Phil. Um, for the time you were awake, you enjoyed it? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Lillian, what, what's your thought? Moderately. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It was, like Kit said, it was like, you know, it was alright. Like, it was a fun time among friends and yep. drinks and watching. And, um, I can see where you, how you were concerned how she would get home. Yeah, I would like to see a side film or deleted scenes where it's just like... Like her right. finding a blanket and then being like, oh god, I gotta find a taxi <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, 
I guess my final thoughts on this film are it's it's a Filipino produced kung fil f- kung kung fil kung, kung fil should be filled <laughs> it is a name. Filipino uh, produced kung fu film from the early 80s which uh, is either really good or really bad depending on the film Raw Force as I said many times is freaking awesome nobody's seen Raw Force stop talking about it <laughs> they reviewed it on best of the worst by Red Letter Media don't you hate that podcast? No, I no, like that that's, one. That's the one you like. Best you of the worst, they're me. good because they actually they embrace the films. How did Eat this get made? Our superior Paul Sheer, you, you. Okay. By Paul. the way, um, I I'm a follower on SoundCloud, and I I think I'm number sixteen. That was you. Nice. Yeah. Yay, Lillian. And, and and I had a look at the other followers, and I didn't recognize anybody. So I know we got some fans out there. I should um. I don't know anyone actually of our followers on SoundCloud. It feels like I should. Let me let. Um, I'm gonna do uh, a shout out to our followers on SoundCloud. Imagine it's, if we make their day. It's like whoa, whoa. DB Death by Video. DBV just like did a shout out. Whoa, wicked. DBV Cooper. Oh, I got, I got you. DB Cooper. I, I did not. DB Cooper was the guy Dale. who um, no no yeah Dale Cooper I would get but that's not what it's the only unsolved skyjacking in history oh yes oh I'm not logged in that's why I can't see their, who our followers are anyways I'll edit all this out but we will um we'll I'll give a shout out to them next episode our well, first of the Canada series well we can we can yeah we can just do one on a laugh break <laughs> that was hilarious Graham all right what were you saying <laughs> Thanks for getting into the spirit of editing, kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so my final thoughts are, you know what? They, these uh, early 80s Filipino uh, action films can be either good or bad. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, Chiro Santiago uh, for his Wheels of Fire, um, The Sisterhood, or uh, Equalizer 2000. But you know what? This film, this film was all right. It was an all right low-budget action kung fu film featured a, a lead that was actually very engaging in uh, Julianne Kessner. Like, she actually was very engaging, as she is in the film Raw Force later on. And actually, I think her kung fu skills get better in Raw Force because she's she's not that good in this one, but in Raw Force, she kind of holds her own. She's a grand champion of the Black Belt Olympics. You keep saying that, Kit, but I don't think that's true. The trailer told me. Um, and uh, How this podcast is better? Why do you think Raw Force is better? <laughs> it, it's a better film and it was made and it's shot in some of the same locations with some of the same actors um, is there's all the same director no it's a different director and also we do I do have Force 5 here somewhere is it raining outside all of a sudden did we disturb I the ghosts yes the ghosts oh, aren't thrilled oh, what dear. are we watching what are they what do they have us doing well I, I would like to point out that we did not bother to watch Phantasm 2 which is what they recommended oh well, yeah, but know, but the th- I, I, I must say I was kind of on board with them. I saw their line of thinking, <laughs> and I must say I didn't have any objections to that. What happened? Well, they appear. Like I said, I had a dream where the ghosts appeared, and they said that for July you must do all Canadian films, and for this this week they pulled a uh, they pulled called an audible. Oh wow, it's really coming down out there. They're angry. Yeah, they called an audible, and I hope Pamela's okay. That was so I saw that too. Yeah, lightning. So they they called an audible and uh, had us watch kicks Kickstarter Firecracker. Um, so stop laughing at me. Kickstarter the movie. Kickstarter the movie. That's not the first time you've referred to it as Kickstarter. It sounds like a good name, no, Kickstand totally. Firecracker. Um, 
So anyways, we're going to dig out that Ouija board and see what they say for next week. Okay. Hands on the Ouija board. Don't you mean the VG board? Copyright. Edit. Edit. Yay! Graham went over to our side of the... Our neck of the woods with Ouija board. Not VG board. Like, he's practically saying... He's going to have to pay Parker Brothers so much money. So the VG board, anyways. <laughs> it says... We're back to square one. It says... H... Uh, Hobo. B. Hobo with a shotgun. Hobgoblins, maybe. Oh. Space. Hobo with a pitchfork. W. I. I C. Hobo with uh, a. I mean a. Hobo with a bass guitar. Hobo with a brewski. H O T G U N. Oh, the shopping cart. Remember? This is the. Um, is that really for next? This is, by the way, the most recent film we'll ever be watching on this podcast. Really? What year did it come out? Like 2010? 2012? What, what about Gedevin? Get- Gedevin, Get- well. 1993, 1993 technically although I think he put the finishing touches with some establishing shots from 2000 oh so it was shot in 93 and he released it in like 2000 and what 12 7 7? oh so yeah very cool it's a labor of love I'm actually very shocked that it's in this video store and on VHS so uh, we'll be watching it I think it's a sign I think the ghosts have kind of uh, they're like yeah enough of this shit Lillian, did did you get harassed by the ghosts on your way here again, or you were delayed? You know what? Um, they were gonna give me hell about Jason goes to hell, but oh, I appropriate s- of them. <laughs> but I said, um, give me a break, guys. Right? So you just this, know how to talk to these guys. I know. I just kind of just ease. You know, I just say, you, you know just what, sweet talk them, guys. Yeah. Just let's <laughs> enjoy. Break, guys. Let's enjoy the weather. And they're like, okay, fine. And they didn't give me any hack, so. Lillian has a rapport with these ghosts that we we don't have. I'm the ghost whisperer. <laughs> like Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, about that I just remembered that show. That's hilarious. <laughs> I think we all forgotten about that show and just remembered now. Yep. And on that note, we'll see you next time. For the ghost whisperer. And please be sure to rewind. I have been... Uh, I've been Graham. I've been Phil. I have been Kit. I'm known to be Lillian. That was so cool. And sometimes a little. Yeah. That was cool, Lillian. Thanks, Phil. I just want to say I love it when we can match up Phil and Lil. Like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and I will, I swear for this podcast, we record the opening theme song to include your name because in the Best of the Best 2 episode, uh, I actually used an older version of the theme song. Yes, for you, shame. You neglected to insert me, but that's okay. I noticed it. I think we all noticed it, Graham. No one noticed it more than me. Oh. Well, that's all right. Um, just throw me in there beside Phil, you know? Phil, Lil, you know? With Phil and Lil and Kit. Or, and No, it should or, be with Phil, Phil and Kit and Lillian and Graham. No, that doesn't. No, no. I'm like, no. 
Phil and Lil and Kit and Graham. Oh, can we do Phil like and Lil and Kit and Graham, I think. Oh, yeah, do like the remix. I just like, do like, have like an 8-bit, some 8-bit No, you know what? Your your theme is lovely. I wouldn't change a thing about it. It's really good. Can Can you guys do the firecracker theme again? Okay. And that is Death by Video. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Please be sure to rewind. Good night. Fourteen chill in a cold front. Put your nose.